Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound, this is Show Spoilers, Episode 11. We are talking about Mr. Robot, Episode 9. Uh, the season has gone by quickly. Time flies and you're having fun. One more until the big finale. But before we get into last week's episode, let's introduce ourselves. I am Kevin Brackett, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Roger Roper. Hey, Raj. Hey, I uh, I don't know what happened, but I haven't received my e-coin prize for the week. Uh, I've seen all these posts where people have received their e-coin prize. Yeah, like a water did, bottle or something? Yeah, like a water bottle. Did you receive one no, of those? No, I didn't receive no, anything. No, did I. What's up with so that? So terrible. Very upset by this. I know. I mean, we are obviously the premier Mr. Robot podcast, millions <laughs> upon millions of listeners across the nation. And uh, right. the least yeah. they could do is send us an e-coin water bottle, right? Yeah. I feel like you would have to mine pretty deep uh, to find our podcast in the in the e-coin network. <laughs> well, you know what? I think they figure that we're all right. We can buy our own water bottles. They don't sure. have to send us any. So, you know, it's for the people that maybe can't afford such a nice water bottle. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're going with. <laughs> but but episode nine, we have one more until the big finale and another great episode. I, I'm telling you, season three, I've enjoyed Mr. Robot season one, season two immensely. But this third season is just phenomenal. Everything from the camera work to the screenplay, the direction, the acting is all top notch. So much, so much to talk about. So many great scenes and performances. But uh, before we get into that this week... Let's tell everyone where they can find us. Of course, uh, if you found us from the Real Spoilers podcast, thank you for jumping aboard. This is Show Spoilers. We're going to try to tackle the the biggest, the latest, the greatest television show that's going on at the moment. But uh, Real Spoilers, we spoil the movie of the week, which is usually the biggest movie or maybe the most controversial, maybe something uh, interesting that's coming out uh, that may not make a ton of money, but maybe it's uh, artistic or, 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 like I said, controversial, something that's worth discussing. So uh, in the last week, uh, we've done the big movies like Coco, Justice League. Uh, we went back and circled around to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This week coming up, we're going to be talking about The Disaster Artist, and we're also going to be talking about The Shape of Water. So we can we can talk about comedies, we can talk about some artsy movies but uh, that's what we do we talk about movies we dissect them we spoil them for you uh, and then also roger is on a show a couple of podcasts Raj, tell them where they can find you yeah they can find me over at shat the movies where we review 80s and 90s movies i just recently watched robin hood prince of thieves uh and uh if if, if if you're wondering what our reaction to that movie is you'll have to tune in and listen um the other uh podcast that i'm on is shout on tv where we review television series as well uh, such as westworld game of thrones taboo and american gods so check me out over there i'm also on twitter at roger underscore roper excellent and uh speaking of twitter you can follow the show at all the spoilers that's at all the spoilers also if you want to email us of course you can email us at the show spoilers at gmail.com and personally i'm at kevin r bracket so please follow us uh, subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends all that good stuff but without further ado uh bonsoir let's get into it uh another flashback at the beginning of this episode so i was really interested by this uh you know to to see gideon back at all safe uh we we visit with how uh the e-corp actually ended up with all safe as their, as a consultant and we see terry terrell price and gideon all talking about uh, giving giving them uh, their business for for this and and we see angela uh, Terry is a big D-bag, of course, and he asks Angela to go get him his coffee, thinking that she's just some lowly secretary, which she she just kind of shrugs off and does what's right. Gideon tries to stop her, but, uh, you know, she's happy to do it. And that's that's the character of Angela that we were introduced to at first. We've talked about this several times throughout this season, about how that character started out, how she progressed and, and became a stronger, more powerful character. So we see we see that whole interaction, and uh, we're going to get into where Angela is these days. But uh, coming out of that meeting, they're in the limo driving back, and and Terry's like, "Yeah, you know, this is. Uh, let me know what we're when we're doing this next time. Like, we're not going to even give them the time of day." And Price Price basically just says, "Yeah, sign the contract as soon as possible." 
I noticed that there was some kind of a connection between Price and Angela, that they, they had locked eyes during this meeting, and uh, on a couple occasions they had shown them in that kind of a connection. So at this point, had White Rose and the Dark Army already infiltrated? Was it their plan to get all safe and Angela together? Or was this just some kind of a foreshadowing? What was your thought on this? So I, I did the thing that I, I said that I wasn't going to do. Okay. Which, which, was, which was completely stay off of Reddit oh. uh, for an entire season. Okay. Uh, I, I made it to episode nine. It's pretty far. Pretty far, right? Without having to check the internet. So I, I realized that there is an entire theory uh, on on Reddit that seems to be pretty prevalent that assumes or or theorizes that Ty that Price rather is Angela's biological father. Oh wow! And and that's the connection there. So he uh, he uh, I again as the theory states Angela. Her mother received, I guess, a large benefactor when her mother was sick, and that could be Price, uh, her biological father, uh, stepping in. But wasn't there also she blames E Corp for the for the for her mom's death, right? Sure, right, just like so Elliot's maybe, father. So maybe Price is somehow involved in that and feels sorry and kind of knew that that was Angela when he saw her. So somehow maybe he's related to. Uh, the death of her mother. I think that's probably a little bit more likely. I don't know if that's a that's her biological father, but that's one theory. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I haven't read that. I I don't go and read it a lot, except for I used to go through with the uh, the live episode discussions just so I could see if I was on the some same page as some other people. I haven't done that for the last few episodes, so have not read that. But very interesting. I wonder if there will be some kind of a big reveal next episode. They definitely lock eyes. There was something strange. They don't show you things in this show for fun, right? There's There right. usually is some reason why they're pointing out and making such an effort to show you that something's going on. And so in my mind, I immediately thought, okay, White Rose has already enlisted Price that he is supposed to work with Angela. But then I thought, well, that seemed so much further down the road. It, it, yeah, exactly. it, So So I feel like at this point where E Corp and Allsafe aren't even working together, I don't think they even knew about Angela. So that would be interesting to see if that comes to fruition. I agree. But uh, interesting interaction between Terrell and Price. So they get out of the limousine and Terrell once again, kind of backing up what Terry is saying. He he says that I don't know if Allsafe is a good fit for us and I'm, I'm a little worried about using them. He says that he could lead his own team and his own department as far as the IT security stuff goes. And Price comes right back at him. And in Price fashion, he's, he's such an ass, but this is the character we've come to know. He says, I'm sorry, Mr. Wellick. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I misled you into thinking I was seeking your approval or counsel because I am most certainly not. And just shuts him down immediately. And uh, it's a really good scene between the two of them, seeing those reactions and seeing how Price lays down the law. And Terrell ends the scene by saying, I just hope this decision does not come back to haunt us. Which, of course, this set everything into motion. All safe, Elliot working for them, obviously with working with E Corp and getting in and 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 you know everything since season one. So uh, I I don't know if that's just coincidence. Why are they showing us this scene? Do you think there's more importance to this? I mean, obviously they're trying to I I believe set up the relationship between Price and Angela. Showcase that it was uh, there was more to it than just um, there you know her relationship uh, when she went to go work at E Corp. I think they're showing and trying to establish that this particular moment and the reason Angela's working there. Um, is the whole reason that they chose Allsafe and set the t- and set everything in motion? So kind of that butterfly effect. That's that's what I got out of the scene. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I think they're again they're trying to answer some questions from previous seasons, which is I think why I like season three so far. Yeah, and that's the that's the question. So even though they quote unquote answered some of these things, it leads you to more questions. Where I'm wondering, okay, did did Allsafe did E Corp choose Allsafe because of Angela, and did Price have some pre existing relationship with her, be it you know the biological father, whatever the case is, 
or did White Rose tell Price to choose Allsafe because of Angela? Are they planting the seed that much further back? I don't know yet, and I hadn't even heard about the biological father uh, theory until now. So, but the one the one answer that we have for sure is that they're showing it to us for a reason, and hopefully we will find out by the end of the season. They don't usually leave us with a cliffhanger in that regard, where we don't know why they're showing us this. Like they wrap it up pretty tidily every season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the rumor is the season finale will be two hours. Next week, so um, they they've got they got a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board for that. More Mr. Robot, I'll take it. So uh, moving forward, we go to uh, we go forward to uh, the Terrell is in a limousine or in a car, and the FBI is letting him go, which is like big surprise because the last time we saw him he was kind of turning himself in they had him at gunpoint and uh of course he is the uh, person of interest on the most wanted list and so we find out that he has actually been in the fbi custody for almost a month now and uh they santiago i believe it is is in the car saying remember to let the fbi know if you're leaving the city no international travel at the moment. And uh, he comes home and, of course, has a little breakdown to, uh, in his empty house. He, uh, l- you know, he kind of loses it by the crib, which is understandable. Um, a lot's happened to him since he's been gone. So uh, we see him there. But uh, flash forward to Elliot waking up. Now, we're going to jump back and forth during this episode. But uh, this is Elliot at present time waking up. He is coming out of an obvious episode that Mr. Robot is taking over. And he looks at his mirror and scrawled on the mirror is the FBI. Uh, they own the FBI, meaning, of course, the Dark Army. So uh, he tries to figure out what Mr. Robot has seen on his computer. He goes through the email that Trenton sent him from last episode. He goes through and looks at the news articles on Wellick's release that says that he was cleared of all charges, so he is no longer any kind of person of interest for the FBI after uh, they've been investigating him and and, uh, interrogating him on his story of how he was held hostage in this situation. So uh, we know that he was cleared, which I did not see coming. Did you, did I, I thought Terrell was kind of done for after this, but here he goes once again, scot-free. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, this is where the, 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 at the end of the series or at the end of the show, we are confirmed that the, there is, uh, there are members within the FBI that are being controlled by the Dark Army, right? There are there are forces at hand. So if you look at why uh, Tyrell was released back to his own accord, it's not really. I mean, he's still a puppet for the Dark Army, um, and he's and the FBI is that extension that is making sure he stays in line. And then lo and behold, here comes uh, Price again later. Uh, and invites him to be his CTO again, uh, knowing that Price has also had been working with the Dark Army. So all of this is connected to the Dark Army and uh, who is then controlling Tyrell. Yeah, absolutely. This goes so deep, and which is so interesting as they've built this up over the previous seasons and all the episodes of this season. We're getting all these connections now, which is a great payoff and really intriguing to see where they go with it. But uh, we see Mr. Robot, uh, so of course this is a flashback now, seeing what happened when uh, Mr. Robot took over. So he ends up going to Terrell's house. He uh, he has he is welcomed by a pretty angry Terrell, blaming Mister Robot for everything, for betraying him, for the death of his wife, for having his child taken away. And uh, Mister Robot explains that uh, the Dark Army has betrayed him, and that uh, the whole plan was was basically them setting both of them up to screw them over and further their own plans and uh he says that yeah terrell's nothing more than a puppet like you mentioned earlier raj and uh they have a little scrap uh terrell puts on his gloves which we've seen in previous seasons Uh, i took this as terrell was ready to kill elliot that's how serious or mr robot quote unquote elliot and uh saved by the bell uh, terrell goes to answer the door and it is price which is interesting and uh, we're going to see where that leads a little bit later. Uh, but uh, did you take that the same way I did? That Tyrell oh, was... without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, t- yeah Tyrell is no, no, uh, 
stranger to murder, right? So, I mean, he was obviously looking to end uh, Mr. Robot uh, Elliot's life right there. Yeah. I mean, because th- think, of, think of everything that Tyrell just went through, right? Think of all the things. I mean, of course, he's going to lash out in anger and try to kill the person who he's blaming for all the events that have just transpired. So definitely he was looking to kill him. Yeah, geez, it was a, it's, it sure has been a quick transition from uh, Terrell and Elliot uh, talking about being gods and uh, Terrell, as we've seen in the flashbacks, really infatuated with Elliot, and now he's wanting to kill him. So uh, it's, it's really changed quickly. But uh, we go back and we see Elliot and Darlene at the arcade. They've gone back there to try to investigate this email that uh, that they've received about fixing everything. And uh, they start uh, going through it and uh, they are trying to figure out if there's a way that they can actually get this data from the FBI, uh, all the key loggers that were mentioned in the last episode, and recover eCourt's data. And there is a chance they're looking through it. Darlene says that uh, they actually could recover it all possibly. Uh, And they have this discussion of why, why would they do this? And uh, the whole point was to take out E Corp and to, to shut them down for good. But uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, even, even if you're 99.9% sure that you want to go through with something, it's always good to have a fail safe. And she basically says that Cisco built in this fail safe for the same reason that they're trying now to reverse things. So uh, they believe that this is possible and Dom, uh, of course, is Darlene's handler and her contact. Not really handler, but the one that is uh, working with her so that she can uh, you know, get more information about the Dark Army. And so Dom says, hey, I've got this contact. Let me do it. Let me try to get into Sentinel, which is the name of their system, where these uh, key logger uh, I don't know what the exa- keys or decryption codes are. Uh, this is where they're going to be able to make sense of the information that the key logger stored so she says let me do it let me work with my contact at the fbi and elliot is skeptical at first but he knows it's their best shot so he lets her go and do it i like how here they the they chose the setting for the original f society headquarters right the old five nine arcade um so i i think it was kind of neat to to show them getting back to their roots and i think that's what they were trying to get across here yeah, we've seen it a couple of times this season, and it is always always nice to see the old fun society. Moving forward, we see Irving, who is one of my favorite characters of this season. Always great to see him, and I love watching Irving in his element. So we actually see him as a used car dealer, not not doing the whole dark army thing, but he's trying to convince this woman to buy a used car. And so they're driving along, and he tells her to floor it and test out everything. But they they are stopped abruptly, and it looks like the car's engine has been shut down. And so we see as soon as the car pulls over to the side of the road, Elliot gets in, and uh, he gets in and gives Irving this electrical tape spool and says, you know what to do. So uh, Irving sends his client on her way, and they cover up the little OnStar microphone so that no one can hear what they're saying. And uh, Elliot demands a meeting with White Rose, and he mentions stage three, which... Up until this point, the Dark Army, Irving, none of them heard anything about a three-stage plan. So this is obviously Elliot's attempt at uh, infiltrating and getting more information from them. So, uh, you know, Irving doesn't have much of a choice here. So Elliot leaves and uh, goes to set up the plan. We flash back. I mean, this shows a lot. This is a lot of back and forth. Right, I, yeah. You're, we're, we're seeing multiple time frames. And, you know, this scene not only uh, is the reason for me never buying a new car <laughs> with the, this type of technology. Right. It also shows that Elliot is trying to outsmart the Dark Army, right? This is his new path, right? There's There is never a stage three. And, uh, and even someone like Irving, uh, you know, who are, are a respected cleaner um, – you know, hasn't heard of it. And this is his way of getting into a, a meeting with White Rose or, or wanting to get the a meeting with the Dark Army later on in the episode. Yeah, and we're going to get into that, and it makes a lot of sense. I think that he had a really good plan for it, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, a lot of this is jumping back and forth, not only between characters, but also with different time frames. And so I wonder if this is going to come back around as in, 
season one, season two at the big twist, season three, we thought at the beginning of the season it's some kind of a time travel. Uh, obviously, I was wearing the tinfoil hat primarily with, with the time travel theory. But we're going back and forth, and I wonder if we're not going to get some big reveal that maybe these things are taking place in different times. I don't know if that's too on the nose or too similar to other shows that we've discussed, uh, but I wonder if it's possible that these scenes we're seeing could possibly be out of sequence. Do you have any kind of an inkling that could be going on? Um, when you say they're shot out of sequence, are you saying like in a Pulp Fiction kind of manner? or Yeah, exactly. In a Pulp Fiction or other shows that I don't want to spoil. But uh, I mean, are are we seeing things out of sequence in a way that we're not being specifically told for instance we know when when something's going back in time like at the beginning of this episode right when we see e-corp and all safe meeting obviously mm-hmm. gideon's dead obviously that is a meeting in the past then we move forward we can see all the stuff post five nine post the 71 buildings like we right. know those two time frames are are distinct and sure but are we maybe seeing things that we think are just flash forwards and flashbacks could they possibly be operating on a completely different timeline as in parallel universes? Uh, the whole time travel thing. Is that sure. even possible? Do you think? I don't know if it's possible. I mean, I think we, you, you see things a little out of sequence when um, Elliot first wakes up and he's looking in the mirror and he sees the message. Right. I knew that that was kind of a, a, a teaser. Right. I knew that that had to have been somewhere in a different time frame. And that's right? what the show so, wants us to know. Like that's, that's right. the obvious one that we're all thinking exactly. But is there something that they're not telling us or not making it specific? Could we be I, seeing different, uh, different time, time timelines? Lines. Exactly. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think we're seeing different universes. At okay. least there's no indication or evidence that, that, that has shown me that we would be, um, in, in different parallel universes. Okay. I, I think, I think we're all existing in the same time frame. Okay. Timeline. Timeline. Excellent. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so anyway, uh, we get we get the meeting set up. Uh, Irving's going to be working on that. But meanwhile, we go to the bar where uh, Darlene has invited Dom out for a drink. Uh, Darlene is surprised that Dom accepts it. Uh, they uh, because Dom is very by the books as we've seen in the past. But Dom tells Darlene that well, you're not a person of interest anymore. So they've moved on from that. So she's fine with classifying this interaction as a social meeting. And uh, Darlene spills that the white the, uh, white rose is real. The dark army is real. Of course, this has been Dom's speculation the last few episodes. And so she's intrigued by getting more information and actually being able to pin this on a person, a, a real person that the FBI has ignored up until now. And so uh, Dom tells her that, well, if you testify, uh, we're going to be able to give you protection. And, and Darlene is reluctant about that. She says, you know what the Dark Army can do. And then we see her go into a bathroom and uh, in the bathroom, she is like taking off the cover up that she has on. She's wearing a very revealing outfit. It's, I think it's just like a sports bra and some overalls kind of a thing. But uh, at this point, we know the based on past episodes, interactions that Darlene and Dom have had. It's time for seduction. It's time for uh, Darlene to go undercover and try to get uh, infiltrate the FBI. So uh, we're going to see how where that goes. But uh, we flash we flash back once again to Elliot uh, going by Angela's apartments, and Angela's outside on the stoop and looking distraught, looking just out there. Angela's obviously very damaged still from everything that's been going on. So uh, she shows Elliot this newspaper and it says something like from, from a hole to hero or something. It's an, it's a, (laughs) it's a newspaper that's basically saying that Terrell has gone from being this FBI most wanted person to being the CTO of E Corp. And Angela uses this as evidence she shows Elliot and is like, see, it's, it's all happening. It's all part of their plan. And so she gets into the conspiracy theory type of thought here. Uh, so flashback again, 
stay with us. It's a lot of back and forth. Uh, That's right. But we go back to Darlene and Dom at the bar after this, and uh, Darlene is really trying to play it up with with Dom and and try to get on her good side. And she says, I'm sorry, I was such a pain in the ass working with the FBI and trying to hide things from my brother, so on and so forth. She basically is just saying, like, you know, that's not me. I was was in a tough situation, but I'm sorry. Uh, Dom, uh, Darlene says, okay, I'm going to head out of here. And something changes where where Dom is is like, well, wait a minute. Are, are you sure you want to leave already? Do you want another drink? And so she's she's playing right into Darlene's hand, and we know that this is going to lead to uh, the. They keep showing this ID badge on Dom's belt, so uh, that right. is what she's going to use for access into the Sentinel system. So everything is going according to plan. Uh, they start having. Things are getting more friendly. Dom is letting her guard down. And Darlene says, hey, let me be your wingwoman. I'm a great wingwoman. She starts inquiring into Dom's social life. And they, again, great writing by the show. Just the very realistic conversations between these characters. Uh, they go through and they're starting to pick out women around the bar. And Darlene's trying to help her. Um, and Dom is very picky. And she always has a reason to say, oh, no, not this one, not that one. And and uh, so Darlene is becoming is getting a lot closer to Dom than she has been in the past. Uh, so back to Elliot and, and Angela, they end up going up to the apartment and who else do we see? But Leon there sitting on the couch and again, fan favorite Leon. He's so great. Every time we see him, uh, Angela starts freaking out, of course, cause there's a random person in the apartment, but, uh, she's like, Oh, you've been listening to us. You've been, you've been following us. And, and she really does sound like a nut. And Leon is so calm and collected. He's on the couch. Yeah. Just, just, just uh, smoking them trees, baby. Yeah. I love it. I love, I, again, this is just such fantastic writing, but this character is so cool. Uh, he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, and she's like, I'm getting out of here. And, uh, you know, and Leon is like, yeah, she's got to get out of here one way or another. So get rid of her. She's like, I'm going. And she, she gets out of here and she says, you're not going to get any more information out of me i mean it's clear it's hard to talk about this because angela's right in the sense that dark army is pulling the strings dark army is behind so much and it really could be going back all the way to this first scene in this episode where they're planting price there, working with all safe eyeing angela i mean we don't know if that's correct or not but it's possible but Angela really sounds like a crazy person, right? So it's just difficult to see her like that and not know whether we should believe her or not. Yeah, but you know, it's why else would Leon be in her apartment? I mean, clearly he's the, yeah, that's true. Like, how would he know? Of course, of course, Dark Army's spying right, on her. Right. How would they yeah, know so, that her and Elliot were going to end up back there? Right. Right. So I mean, if 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 I'm Angela. All this shit has happened to me. Of course, I mean, I, I, she's Winona Ryder in the Stranger, Stranger Things. Right, she seems crazy, but it's like she's, she's right. Right, she <laughs> has some things. That's exactly correct. Spoiler alert for those: Winona Ryder is nuts in Stranger Things. <laughs> if you have, one. you know what? If you haven't seen Stranger Things season one, with season two being out completely, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not okay you haven't seen it. Go watch it. But we're not going to feel bad about just saying she's crazy in the show. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, she's right. So again, it's like we know she's right and you feel bad, but she also does seem like a crazy person. And it's no surprise that Elliot and Leon and everyone's kind of like, yeah, you need to get rid of this person. Like, she's nuts. Uh, but uh, Leon's there, of course, to help uh, get this meeting in the works that Elliot has demanded from Irving in those previous scenes. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna see that, but we're going flashback now to Price at Terrell's house, and he's talking about appointing Terrell as CTO of E Corp. This is the position that Terrell always wanted. This is what he was working up toward all the way back in season one. And finally, he's getting this position. But Price makes it very clear that this is not a position that he is needed for. He is not to give any input. He is not to really try to make any decisions or or run anything about the company. 
He's simply a figurehead. And this is obviously the reaction of Price and White Rose's conversation, right? This is what what he was talking about back in that uh, meeting at the, I don't know, whatever club that was where White Rose was kind of laying down the law exactly. and how he's going to get rid of him and blah, blah, blah. It seems like this is a direct reaction of that where Price tells Terrell that the only reason why he is being appointed CTO is that he, he inherited him from a deal gone wrong, which is Price questioning White Rose and not following his directions. And now this is his punishment. That's exactly correct. Back at uh, Dom's place, so we now find that Dom has invited Darlene back to her house, which, you know, up until this point, I know there's always been a little bit of tension there where they've had some personal conversations, but Dom is always very professional, always just, you know, shakes it off and, and nothing moves forward. But we're finally seeing that Darlene is able to infiltrate into her personal life here. They mentioned that they've obviously been drinking. And the fact is, whenever you see in a television show or a movie that someone's invited them back to their apartment or house for a nightcap, yeah, that's, there's, exactly. there's usually a little more to it than just that, right? Most, most likely. Yeah. Most likely there's going to be some, some, some happenings. Some hanky-panky, if you will. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, so they start dancing, and, and they have their drink, and, and Dom even tells Darlene, like, I'm very drunk, and, and, and uh, Darlene starts eyeballing the safe over uh, behind a closet at, at Dom's, and uh, they start, uh, Darlene starts kissing Dom, and, and she says, what was that? And, and she was just like, don't think too much into this, and before it goes any further, Dom goes to the safe and she puts away that ID badge, which was Darlene's entire mission. And she also puts her gun away. They, they end up going back to the bedroom and it cuts to black. I just don't understand. Dom is a pretty competent FBI agent. Sure. Why would she let herself get into this? You know, I think, so that's a very interesting question. And I think it's the age old question, right? It's, it's emotions over logic. So we see this time and time again, whether it's in real life, whether it's in movies, whether it's in television, Dom knows this is not a smart move and she's trying to convince herself otherwise all the way back to the bar where, where they have a meeting. Darlene even says the very first thing she says is I can't believe you even agreed to meet with me like that. Like that isn't professional. And she says, well, you're no longer a person of interest. And then, uh, she, she starts telling her, uh, Darlene starts mentioning things about the dark army and white rose. And Dom is becoming more and more intrigued. I think she really wants to, to crack this case, but also she lets herself talk about her personal life and, and people she would like to date and her ideal woman that, you know, all these different people that uh, Darlene is trying to point out. And then, you know, she, she, you just see her look at Darlene with that look when, when someone is intrigued or, or, or likes someone and, and uh, you know, they get back to the, and she again tries to convince herself, even when they're going back to the apartment that, okay, just one more drink. And I really believe that at this point, even though she's had some beverages, uh, I believe that Dom is trying to still convince herself, okay, one more drink. I have to go to work in the morning. You have to beat the nine o'clock curfew. She says all these things and she's trying yeah. to convince herself that she's going to be professional but why is she there you know it, it's one of those tropes that we all know what's going to end up happening so to answer your question to make a long story short it's it's just emotions and hormones right yeah i i guess and maybe the alcohol a little bit yeah but what we're going to end up seeing is i'll just, just to skip forward to it uh is that after their night of fun they wake up or, or uh, darlene wakes up in the middle of the night we see dom sleeping next to her and then she gets up and immediately tries to get into the safe uh, i i couldn't figure out how she cracked the safe i don't know if she if we were supposed to think that she watched her put the code in or not but like she gets right into that safe did i miss something there yeah, that's the only that was the only possible explanation that I that I had for it is that she watched her uh, when she put away her gun. Yeah. But then she uses the pillow to hide the sound of the safe mm -hmm. uh, and she gets it wrong the first time and then has to do it again. And I think that's probably what woke up uh, Dom. OK, so are we to think maybe similar to a touchstone telephone, maybe the safe makes different noises for numbers and, and as a you know, as an elite hacker, Dar uh, Darlene just knows what those tones would be. Yeah, it'd be a possibility. That's probably, I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I'm thinking maybe that's it. But uh, yeah. but we see as Darlene is breaking in and she's about to get the badge, 
Dom's right behind her. Like she doesn't seem drunk. Uh, if she was that drunk or that passed out, she would have never woken up, but she's right there and seems very alert. So are we to now believe that I'm not saying that it wasn't consensual. I'm not saying that they didn't both like each other in a personal way, but, but the way she woke up almost made me think that, that Dom was on to Darlene's plan and that she was just trying to catch her red handed. I mean, it could be, I mean, that's a very interesting concept and that would be more in line with her character. Yeah. Um, like she like like so you're saying Dom was her own honeypot? Yeah, a double cross. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like yeah. like uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean dev- <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, like that brothers. term that terminology. Yeah. Um <laughs> I thought it was yeah, yeah, that that would be I would like it more if that were the case versus a, a, a Dom screwing up one night and letting the hormones get the best of her. I don't think she did. I mean, again, we're talking about emotions. I, I think that she does like Darlene. I think that there's sure. a sexual attraction there, all that stuff. And technically, Dom knows what she's doing. And as she's going to tell her superior when we get to the later scenes, like she's no longer a person of interest. So Dom was not breaking any rules as far as the Bureau goes. So I still think that she was able to, to get those personal emotions out of the way. I think she was able to do whatever she wanted to there, but I still feel like she was working the case. I feel like she was still playing Darlene and, and trying to see what her goal was here. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I think Dom is a very smart character, a very good agent. And that's how I took it is that she was kind of waiting to see when, when, uh, Darlene was going to betray her. I like it. I yeah. like the idea. She's good. She's good that Dom. I told you, if anyone's going to crack the case, it's Dom, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so uh, we go We go back to Angela's apartment, and we see photos all over the walls. So, again, she's not doing herself any favors by it seeming like she's a totally crazy conspiracy theory nut. But she's got these photographs all over the walls. Obviously, these are supposed to be family photos and uh, all just memories from the past and she is hoping that she's going to be able to get get that time back talk to those people spend time with her family once again once right rose uh, reverses everything uh, like she's promised and so she's talking to herself and she's gathering up some belongings i think she gets like a goldfish and some books and she just takes some random belongings puts them in a shopping cart and heads out on the street and uh you know it's it's like I'm still kind of rooting for her. like every time mm-hmm. I see Angela in this kind of situation, I'm like, I hope this is true. I really hope there is some kind of a time travel thing going on just because I, you know, I don't want her to just be crazy and I don't want her to be completely fooled by white Rose. I, I would like her to have, have her happy ending, you know? Yeah. I think that she's, so she's going out on town uh, because she wants to get picked up by the white, uh, by, by white rose, by the dark army. Sure. Right. That's what, that's why she's doing this. Absolutely. Because she's like, you know, they found me once they found me before on the subway. And so, uh, she's hoping that she's going to go to the subway. And since they are tracking her, remember, she thinks they've been listening in. Leon was in the apartment earlier. So she, I, I think she's talking out loud to herself. It seems crazy, but she's also like, all right, I'm heading to the subway. Wink, wink. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, like I'll see exactly. you there. <laughs> and, uh, well, she gets picked up, right? <laughs> So I don't know. Is that completely crazy? I'm telling you, it's like, I feel like she, she may seem at first glance kind of crazy, but it's, it, it all keeps coming true. So well, not, yeah. And, and you're also seeing the little bits and pieces of throwbacks to other seasons, right? The, the fact that she, you know, the guy is out slinging his uh, CDs, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, is a callback to season one, right? When she, uh, it, um, when she uses that CD that ultimately gets uh, hacked. Um, so uh, I like how like they're even though she's they, they've broken down the character into this uh, crazy uh, conspiracy uh, lunatic, um, they're still showing you know they're 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 hearkening back um, to uh, previous plot lines and kind of showing the this is the evolution of the character. Remember when they did this and this is how she would now react to something like this. And it's, it just makes it seem authentic, which I really enjoy. Yeah. That's the writing that we come to know and love about this show. And yeah, I think she says something to him like, I'm not buying any of your CDs and he right. just moves along with his business. 
so we we go back to Elliot and we we see Leon dropping him off. He says, "This is basically as far as I go. Good luck with everything." And this is the same guy that was in E Corp uh, with the red wheelbarrow bag of food, right? This is that same agent that was hanging out drinking a milkshake with the with the yes. food bag, and right. uh, he says something to him like, "Hey, doctor." Wang or, or or something, and uh, he immediately gets up off the stairs. He takes Elliot and Leon heads out, and we see this courtyard. And I believe we're we're led to believe that this is White Rose in the meeting that he's requested. But uh, lo and behold, it is not White Rose. It is White Rose's second in command, which I believe his name is Gregory or Gary a uh, Grant. That's what it is, Grant. So right. we see him there, and. Uh, Elliot is is saying, "Oh, I I wanted a meeting with White Rose. Uh, where is she?" And and Grant's basically like, "Yeah, you're not getting that. So just sit down. Tell us what what you need to say." And uh, he ends up giving over his laptop, which the Dark Army agents put a little flash drive in the side of it. It starts blinking, so they pay a lot of attention to that. We know that's going to come into play. And Grant basically says, there's no stage three. You never mentioned this before in all of our plans. And Elliot plays it off really well. Kudos to him. It's, it is very believable. I can see why the dark army would, would believe this story because he says that the dark army promised to take out E Corp and E Corp is going to be alive as long as E coin is the currency that the world is adopting. And so he's, uh, Grant ends up saying, okay, we'll, we'll take this back to white Rose. We have your plans on the laptop. That's all we need. Thanks. They take off. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's clear at this point that Elliot has them where he wants them. He's a smart guy. He knows, he know we know that something's up here basically so uh what we find out later on in the episode is that he actually has planted some kind of a virus onto that flash drive uh is this something you saw coming raj or was this a surprise yeah. to you yeah this is i mean again this was <sighs> obviously the dark army is a smart collection of you know the best hackers in the world so the first thing i thought of of are they really going to do this? They're really going to trust this guy's computer and not think that he's going to put some sort of, of, you know, malware on there on this, on this uh, flash drive. But then I got to thinking maybe they already knew that he was going to do that. So of course they're going to let him do that because they want, they, they want to know what his true intentions are. So I I guess that it makes sense in that manner. if, if, If you catch my drift, Right. If they if they want to see what stage three is, then they're going to allow him to infiltrate their system so that they can monitor his movements. I wonder because it it almost seems to me like what you said makes sense at first glance. The fact that these elite hackers and this organization who's pulling all the strings and running everything that they wouldn't be keen to to his plan here and this backstabbing, I, it seems a little bit weird. But also, if Elliot infiltrates their system, it seems to me that's going to be more than just finding out what they're up to i mean he says in a later scene once we find out that yes indeed he has hacked them he says he quote owns the dark army so owning the dark army to me means that he has access to every single one of their computer systems and i feel like the the meeting between grant and elliot he found out that stage three whatever you know this fake stage three plan was to take out ecoin so he found it out just by talking to him um, I just don't think that they expected this this hack. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I don't know. It, it just seems crazy though. But you you said it. I mean, you said it best. Like, how could they not expect Elliot to do something like this? So I don't know. We're gonna have to see where this ends up going. Uh, but uh, back at Terrell's house, we end up seeing him chugging vodka, which has been a reoccurring theme that we've seen. Effin, uh, effin vodka. Effin vodka. Yes, he's chugging some effin vodka. Uh, and uh, Elliot and Terrell have a discussion, and they realize the Dark Army has a man on the inside of the FBI. So we're starting we're starting to see that they're on to this whole dark army fbi connection back at the fbi dom uh, and darlene uh, are talking to santiago uh, obviously dom has brought darlene into the office and darlene talks about how uh, the the fbi obviously has someone in on the dark army and you see santiago in this completely 
you know, not uh, oblivious. Like he's just like, uh, what? Who told you that? Uh, uh, what, what, what do you mean? That's crazy. He's he's so guilty, but you know, wondering how she would know someone's on the inside of the FBI. And uh, Santiago says, "Why is she here? What's going on?" And Dom admits to what happened the night before, and that Darlene was trying to break into the safe. And Santiago says, "This isn't like before. You're not going to get immunity. You better tell us exactly what's going on." Uh, basically implying that she's going to go away for for life, uh, trying to infiltrate the FBI. And I was really surprised at this moment that Darlene trusted them enough. Again, unless this is some kind of double, triple cross. Darlene tells them the whole plan. She says that uh, that Cisco had the key loggers, and when the FBI uh, was able to confiscate those out of the arcade way back when, that they are holding the keys to reversing everything, that uh, all of E-Corp's data and everything before 5-9. And so she lets that all slip to who we know as the mole, Santiago and Dom. And uh, at the later scene, we see... Dom going, let's let her do this. Let's let her get into our our files. Let's have her try to get this information back. And Santiago, of course, doesn't want anything to do with this. He's working for the Dark Army, and he ends up saying that Dom is completely unprofessional and that he's in charge and go take a hike. Uh, I think that at this point, my guess is that Dom is on to him because there's been a few interactions where Dom is like, why are you not letting me do my job? What do you have to gain and, and not going forward with with us working with Darlene. Um, I'm guessing that during the next episode, it's going to be revealed and and Dom's going to have him right where she wants him. Do you get that feeling? I hope so, because obviously uh, this guy is a jerk and I hate him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't want him around, but I think you're going to see Dom. This is where Dom flips right Mm -hmm. to the Darlene side and I think you're going to see the two of them uh, team up Thelma and Louise style I was just yeah okay so I was just going to ask are they going to partner up but you mentioned Thelma and Louise so are you thinking they're going to they're going to ride off over the cliff and and they're going to end up uh, maybe taking the dark army with them but but also their own lives some theories suggest that uh, they will die uh, possibly in the um, finale Okay. Uh, in a in some sort of helicopter airplane crash, which I guess is the theory because of the of, of Darlene's. Uh, was it Darlene or was it Angela's? It was Darlene's. It was Darlene. Uh, it's been since the dream, right? Yeah. Well, since the very beginning of the season, I actually brought it up, but it was like one of the first few episodes. It might have even been one through three where every single episode you saw some kind of an airplane, whether it be a picture on the wall, there was an airplane, like a model airplane on a desk where Darlene was. You kept Mm -hmm. seeing airplanes. And so there was foreshadowing going on. And on the Internet, people were speculating that that was foreshadowing that Darlene was going to die in an airplane accident. So I think that's what you're seeing now is still that theory alive that that for some reason or somehow they are going to be taken out. Um, I haven't read in a while on those theories, but, but uh, yeah, there was a lot leading up uh, to this moment about airplanes. Yeah. Well, not only that, but then also the, uh, I believe, um, who are the two hackers? Uh, what were their names? Trenton and Mobley. Trenton and Mobley. Would they talk about the fact that the uh, dark army has infiltrated the FAA? Uh, uh, software. I, you know what? It's it had been several episodes since I thought about that airplane theory, and I had completely forgotten that they were trying to frame them for hacking the FAA. So you're right. There you go. It's even more. There we'll have to see what happens, but it's a good good theory there. Um, I would like to see Darlene and Dom partner up and and maybe go off on their own adventures. Though uh, I like them. <laughs> I I think yeah. I think it'd be cool. Like. I mean, as hesitant as Dom is and her professional life with the FBI and everything, it's like the two kind of click. And I like both those characters on a separate level. Like I like them both individually. And I also kind of like them together. I think it'd be kind of cool if they make it out and uh, we see more of the two of them. 
I would agree. So uh, we will just have to wait and see what happens next week. But uh, going to the end of this episode, uh, White Rose is not happy with everything that's gone down. Uh, Grant goes back to her and talks to her about the uh, the equipment. And this is something you might have a little more insight to, Raj, because I don't understand the whole power plant and e-coin mining and all that. But basically, the equipment for the power plant has been delayed by border control, uh, getting it into this now annex con. Uh, do you have more insight into why they want all this power equipment? Yeah, so apparently mining Bitcoin takes up massive amounts of electricity um, and almost, you know, some theorize to an unsustainable amount. Um, so the way that you get Bitcoin today, right, which we assume ecoin is a uh, is an analogy for that, right? It's sure. a metaphor. Um, is you have to use computer servers to consistently use mathematical code to uncover and mine the Bitcoin. Um, and uh, those that type of processing power uh, expand or utilizes a lot of energy. So it makes sense why then they would need to annex the Congo, cheap labor, cheap infrastructure, create these type of, uh, you know, j- the exploitation of the African markets like countries have done for centuries um, that's what they want to do here. They want to install their power plant in, in the Congo, but they're having trouble because it's martial law, nothing in or out in America, which is difficult. So are we thinking that, I mean, this goes back to a discussion we had several episodes ago, but is this solidifying in your mind that the whole power plant Congo situation is not for time travel, as I tinfoil speculated, but it's really just to uh, become the world ruler of of ecoin and having the most right. currency that's exactly correct okay excellent uh you know just to give some insight so i've actually kind of experimented with mining these different cryptocurrencies and yeah i've tried to do it on my own uh i have a couple of decent computer setups with good graphics cards and processors you mine it you mine it all day long and i've even tried to monitor the power usage and it really is hard to outweigh the cost of power versus how much of this currency you're mining so i went online and investigated some of these uh servers that you can rent and they have a whole bunch of server farms that are all pooling together and you can lease your time on them and uh i spent something like ten dollars i think it was for bitcoin mining it was and you can you can uh i think it's an infinite lease it's 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 like indefinite or it's a few years or something but i spent 10 bucks and they give me something like 20 gh per second it stands for giga hashes it's about how they compute all these calculations you were mentioning but uh, i got i think 20 gh per second uh mm-hmm. and i've been doing this since june and do you want to guess for my ten dollars how much money i've made since june um you've made 59 cents uh you know what you're really uh undercutting me buddy i've made three dollars thank you very much all right <laughs> making that sweet sweet bitcoin money right so just to show you i mean obviously i didn't buy the most expensive most powerful server plan uh, because i was like what is this hey that's still more money than you're making on your savings account right. at your uh, Wells Fargo. So <laughs> there you go, exactly. But that just shows you that you know you can rent out these server farms, and you're all sharing these time where these people are spending surely tens of thousands, if not more, money on electricity. And here I am, and I'm making uh, fifty cents per month, basically, as my return on the investment. So the the moral of the story here is that it is very cost prohibitive to mine these cryptocurrencies. And so that is why I think it makes perfect sense that White Rose is trying to have this uh, this power plant, which is not ruled by any kind of government or, or anything. So it, it all lines up with your theory about it. So uh, it will be interesting. But, but the one thing we do know for sure is White Rose is pissed that the power plant has not moved forward uh, with with her whole plan. So she's yelling about it and, and throwing things around. And, and uh, Grant ends up saying that, uh, well, he says, can I speak uh, bluntly or can I, can I tell you what I'm actually thinking? And she's like, yeah, that's what, what I pay you for. That's what you're here for. And he says that it's her fault and ends up pointing the blame at Elliot and letting and indulging him in, in his plans and letting him run around. Still, he says that uh, if you would have let me be in charge, like he asked way back at the beginning of the season, he would have things under control. And she ends up uh, saying, 
do do whatever you think is the right thing to do. So in my mind, that means there's a big target on Elliot's head and uh, Grant is wanting to take him out of the equation. So I think it's going to, there's going to be a big showdown at the season finale. Is that kind of what you think we're leading up to? Yeah. Yeah, and you also find out that Grant and, and uh, White Rose have definitely a little bit more of a relationship than just a um, a power relationship, right? Uh, yeah. Worker bee. They right? never so. alluded to that before, but we actually see them being intimate in this mm-hmm. conversation. And and by the way, when I become rich, I don't know about you, Raj, but the number mm-hmm. one first thing I want to get is I want to get someone to play music on water glasses in the background mm. constantly. Yeah. I, that was interesting. I, I've never seen anything like that. I absolutely mm. loved it. But from the start of this scene, which is like the penultimate scene of this episode, we see there's just some lady in the background with all the wine glasses that are filled to different levels of water, similar to like uh, when you go see the Blue Man group play and they have different lengths of tubes. And, and I think on America's Got Talent, they've done things like that if you've seen those clips. But, uh, you know, of course, when you fill different glasses up to different levels, they can make different noises. And she's literally just like like playing music on the rims of these these wine glasses. I thought that is fantastic. What a weird scene and so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> exactly. The the richer you are, the quirkier you become. Right? You're that rich where you can have someone play music on wine glasses. Like that is mm-hmm. that is the uh that is the uh, definition of being filthy stinking rich. I I want people to play music using only wine glasses and I want to wear shoe boxes for shoes. <laughs> there you go. Or or tissue boxes for shoes. I'm going to go I'm going to go full on um Oh God, the Aviator. Uh, uh, oh, jeez, Howard Hughes. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. exactly. Yeah, Howard Hughes, nutball. Uh, so we get to the last scene of this, uh, and we see we see how uh, this all comes back around to the beginning of the episode. We saw Mister Robot fighting against becoming Elliot again, and he wants to let him know that the FBI is working with the Dark Army. So that's where he scrawls that on the mirror in his apartment, and. Uh, we're also shown uh, back at the Dark Army headquarters that Elliot's virus has been uploaded. And he says, like we mentioned before, Elliot says, and I now own the Dark Army. Yeah. Uh, so so this is where uh, where it ends. And the last thing that we hear is uh, White Rose's second-in-command Grant saying, well, remember when you said Elliot will follow in the footsteps of his father? I think it's time he died for us, too. And uh, and And that's where we're left. Did you did you notice the name that he uh, that he used to log in? No, I didn't. What was it? Gary Host. Gary, why does that sound familiar? Gary Host was the username that Aaron Swartz used uh, when he was downloading all the uh, academic uh, files and paperwork from MIT. Oh, was it really? Yeah. So <laughs> obviously, Gary Host, G Host, Ghost. Yeah. He also used the name Grace Host. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely a little Easter egg there for a lot of people. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I noticed the name, and I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint it, but I'm thinking, like, that sounds really familiar. Why is that there? It has to be for a reason. Oh, that's too yep. funny. Well, there's that's uh, Sam Esmail and the writers, again, uh, using the knowledge of hacking and computers and, and making the show uh, a little more relevant in the industry. But, uh, yeah, that's where we're left. This is the penultimate episode. Uh, so it's not quite – they don't do it quite like Game of Thrones does. You know, we, we didn't have any bloodbaths. We didn't have any insane uh, revelations necessarily, but another solid episode, which uh, leaves us questioning what on earth is going to be the big reveal. Are we finally going to get some answers be- behind the Dark Army, time travel, Angela? Uh, what's really going on with this whole e-coin mining situation? Um, a lot of really great questions that I'm hoping we'll see answered. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think people are predicting possibly a, a red wedding type finale because they didn't get it here so we'll uh we'll see yeah it's they've never let us down uh as far as finales go so uh we always get some really good stuff but i'm i'm telling you i've really enjoyed the ride this season episodes one through nine uh there's maybe been one episode throughout the entire season where i thought was maybe a little slower but it wasn't bad you know i i i I can't think of any episode that i really haven't enjoyed so i am really immensely looking forward to this finale coming up 
up in the following week. Uh, but that's it for now. Uh, you know, uh, one interesting thing before we sign off, uh, one of our listeners on Twitter had uploaded a screenshot. Did you see this uh, with White Rose and Zhang uh, side by side? No, I didn't. So I don't know if there's anything to this. It's nothing that I've ever seen before. Uh, but uh, they write, uh, this is Endgame Podcast, so they must have, do podcasts yeah, of their own. They, they wrote, do. They wrote on here uh, that uh, they questioned, does this support our time travel theory? They say, looking at them side by side, White Rose looks a lot older than Zhang. Is she the same entity, but from a later or different point in time? Uh I don't know if there's anything to that, but in these specific photos, uh, you know, they do look different. uh, But, uh, you know, me trying to be skeptical in my mind, I'm thinking, well, did B.D. Wong film before and after different roles? Had he gained a little weight or, you know, I'm not sure if there's anything to that, but they're actually questioning. Are we seeing the different timelines? Is White Rose and Zhang, are they not necessarily the same person in different clothes as we've been thinking this whole time interesting that'd be neat yeah what we'll if see. what if it's a different timeline what if zang is in one timeline and white rose is actually in a completely different place and here we are thinking uh that we're cutting back and forth just between locations it reminds me of another television show that i won't get into but uh we have seen it happen <laughs> before that's right so that does it for episode nine thank you as always for listening of course you can follow us on twitter at all the spoilers and if you want to email us tell us about our theories tell us your own theories tell us why we're wrong go ahead and do it at these show spoilers at gmail.com you can follow me at kevin r bracket and rog where can they find you i'm at roger underscore roper all right excellent and of course check out our other podcasts we do i'm on real spoilers every week rod does a couple podcasts of his own uh chat the movies chat on tv spread the word we always love it when people give us feedback and tell their friends about what we're doing it makes us all worthwhile absolutely thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next week for the big finale i can't wait bonsoir bonsoir bonsoir